0: We began a study some weeks ago on spiritual warfare, and um, I don't know about you, but uh, it's been good for me to refresh and soak in Ephesians 6 and all the the wonderful truths that uh, buffet us in the storms of life. And I want to read verses 14 to 17 of Ephesians 6 as we build on what we began last week as we talked about. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace and in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. We're in a battle and as we talked about in kind of our premise from the beginning, everything that you and I face in the physical, visible realm, is influenced by what takes place in the spiritual, invisible realm. And let's be honest, we forget that a lot, don't we? We tend to think people are our enemy. But it's not. There's another enemy. He's an unseen enemy, and he's playing for keeps. And so often we live our days either ignorant of that, or we forget it. We dare not do that. And God wants us to know on the front end, there's a battle, there's an evil day when Satan will continually attack us and God says, but you're not on your own. I got some armor for you. And it's just not any armor. This armor is going to allow you to walk in the victory that I've already purchased for you. And the first three pieces of we're told to put on, we talked about this last week, we talked about the first one, the belt of truth, that God's truth, his objective, unchangeable truth holds the armor in place. We're to put on this belt, if you remember. It holds the breastplate in place. It holds the weapons. And it was a key part of the spiritual or the physical armor that protected the soldiers. Our lives are to be governed by the objective standard of reality, God's truth. And so we talked about putting on the truth belt. This week I want to look at a few more. And I pray this, my, my, this week, I've prayed that this will not be academic information only, but far more, that you'd receive it as God's word and, and begin to apply it and experience victory on your Monday mornings, on your Wednesday afternoons, and your Thursday nights. God tells us first, after the truth belt, He says, I want you to put on this breastplate of righteousness. The American Forces Press told of a soldier with the Army's 10th Mountain Division who was knocked down by small arms fire, but he got up and he continued his mission. He was hit again by enemy fire. The infantryman got up a second time and continued his mission. He's still alive, said the news report. Thanks to the new interceptor body armor being worn by soldiers and Marines, and it weighs just 16 pounds compared to 25 pounds of the flak jacket, the previous body armor. Matter of fact, engineers are working to create even lighter, stronger vests. And they say our goal is to create a protective system that's lower profile, lower bulk, and lower weight. We want it to be like a second skin. So the warfighter barely even knows it's there, but that offers the protection needed to combat combat environment. You see, what Paul's saying here is the well-dressed Christian soldier must wear this breastplate of righteousness. He means the righteousness of Christ should be like a second skin that will protect you and I from the spiritual assaults of our enemy. In one sense, of course, Christians are already equipped with the righteousness of Christ. We call this positional righteousness. According to 1 Corinthians one thirty. Christ became our righteousness, and when we trust him as Savior, we're clothed in him. Then when God looks at us, he doesn't see our sin. He sees us clothed in the righteousness of God. That's our position before God. That's worth rejoicing in. But we need to live out practical righteousness. We must commit ourselves to a life that's honest, full of integrity, authentically pursuing Christ-likeness. And when we put on that breastplate of remembering our position in Christ and practically living it out, this scripture says we'll be protected. Now for the soldier, this breastplate protected, obviously, something very significant, his heart. And when you wear the breastplate of righteousness, it protects your heart. When it's not in place, you're vulnerable. I'm convinced many don't understand all that took place when they trusted Jesus. If you were to ask, I think a lot of Christians say, what happened when you trusted Jesus Christ? Their answer would be, I was forgiven of my sins. But that's not all that happened. And this is why people get in trouble. Not only did Jesus take away your sin, Christ gave you his righteousness. In other words, you've been dressed up in Jesus Christ's righteousness was credited to your account. You are righteous today because of that transfer. The theological term is imputation. He who knew no sin became sin for us, so we might become the righteousness of God. You have a new position as a Christian. You have a position in Christ. And when the forces of evil accuse you, point to your righteous standing before God. Because Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. Oh, and he's good at it, isn't it? Remember your sin? Remember that mistake? Remember that? You're no good. God could never possibly love you. And you say instead, no, wait a minute. You don't understand something. I'm in Christ. I have a new position. You got a beef with me? Take it up to the one who has purchased my redemption. And when we do that, we keep that breastplate in place, and it protects us every day. You and I are dressed in Christ's righteousness. So many don't know who they are in Christ. That's why if you were to read Ephesians chapters 1 through 3, Paul reminds the believer who they are, their identity. Then he gets to chapters 4 through 6 and how to live that identity out. But he starts with the identity and your position in Christ. If you know who you are in Jesus, your position, you're able to act like you should. If you know who you are, you're able to act like you should. It's about your position and then the practical outworking of that righteousness. You and I need to get up in the morning and declare we're already righteous. Do you know who you are in Christ? When you do, you keep that breastplate in place. It speaks to our position. And as we stand with the breastplate on, we have the protection from the enemy because the enemy cannot hang out in a righteous environment. Here's a significant truth, and this is why this practical outworking of it is so important. Demons foster in the environment of unrighteousness. When you live and follow the ways of the world and engage continually in unrighteous behavior, demons thrive in that environment. Kids, that's why parents tell you you ought to be really careful where you hang out and who you hang out with. Demons foster an environment of unrighteousness. That's why I think 1 John 1, nine is so significant, because you and I, we're going to blow it. We make mistakes. We sin. At, some, at times we fail to act righteously. But 1 John 1, nine says, if you, if you sin, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and here's the, here's the kicker, and cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness brings us back into that healthy environment of righteousness. When you live unrighteously and continually live, you don't have your armor in place, and you're living a very dangerous place where you're vulnerable. Paul says, put on this breastplate of righteousness and keep it in place. You keep it in place through a daily pursuit of personal holiness. And when we pursue Christ-likeness in our thoughts and our actions, this breastplate stays in place. We're protected. What do you ask yourself this morning? Has your heart shrunk? I mean, do you not, seems like you don't love people like you used to? Or maybe that desire for God is, is waning. Maybe your heart's divided. If you were to honest before God, say, I love a lot of things right now, and and maybe a little bit more than Jesus. Or there's, there's a rival for my devotion to Jesus. If you bow deep down and say that, it's a flag. Your breastplate's not in place. It's affected your heart. And that breastplate protects it. And so, Deal and live in the environment of righteousness. Pursue holy living. Ephesians 4, 24. I mean, listen, it's exactly what he's saying. Paul says, put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. He's saying the same thing. Put it on. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. He says in Ephesians 6, after you put that on, Make sure you keep it on. He says, then you need to put on new shoes. Gospel shoes. Gospel wear. Because to stand firm, you need reliable footwear. You see, this gospel of peace, this good news of Jesus Christ, not only brings us truth, not only brings us righteousness, it brings peace into life. Ephesians 2.14 wants us to know, Jesus is your peace. There is no such thing as peace with God or of God without Christ. Now the soldiers of the day that Paul's writing about, the shoes had cleats. They had to be able to stand if they were going to fight well. They had to be able to fight without slipping because to lose their footing could be fatal. Ever feel like your life is sliding? Like you can't just get traction. You're slipping and sliding like James Brown. <laughs> For old people, he, never mind. Michael Jackson, maybe. Slipping and sliding like that. And, and you're, you just seemed like, oops, did that again. Oops, slipped up and did that again. You need to put on the shoes. The gospel shoes. That's when you need the peace of God to anchor your heart and life. And guard your heart. When we live in the truth according to our identity, you and I have peace with God and we have the peace of God. And maybe you've never correlated this verse with spiritual warfare, but this is a great place. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, we really like this verse. Well, at least part of it. Do not be anxious about anything. That part's convicting. But with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, what does it do? It'll guard What will it guard? Your heart and your mind. These gospel shoes of peace will guard your heart and mind. Peace with God starts with knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. There is no peace of God if you don't have peace with God. It all starts there. But the peace of God is distinctly different because once you know Christ in your right position, you now are in a position to enjoy the peace of God which he gives to his children. And when we're wearing peace with God, like shoes on our feet, we're also able to know the peace of God. And when we're in a battle and the environment around us is hostile, how essential we wear these gospel shoes of peace. So when Satan brings his attacks and brings his problems and troubles, you don't need to pop a pill or drink a bottle. You come to Christ and he gives you peace and it will guard your heart and mind. You see the connection? You see the connection? The peace of God protects your mind. It protects your life. But when we live in disobedience, in rebellion against God, and say, God, I know your word says this, I know you desire this, I'm just going to go my own way. You don't have your shoes on, and you're going to slip and slide, and it's going to be in a dangerous place. You're going to get hurt. But when you seek to obey Christ, and walk in obedience to him, you put your shoes on. And you're now in a position to enjoy the peace of God. The final one we'll look at today. Actually, you're going to look at your outline and you're going to say, hey, wait a minute. In about a minute, you're going to go, where's he going? Okay. Well, that's what happens when you keep praying through the message on Saturday. And you're like, this is too big. i got to break this down. And so, forgive me. Shield of faith, we're told. Verse 14, stand, having fastened on a belt of truth, we talked about that, putting on the breastplate of righteousness, protect your heart, the shoes for your feet, okay, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, protect your heart and your mind when we have them right, shoes on, and then it talks about in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith. Now notice the verb change, we've been talking about put on, we're supposed to be dressed up like that all the time, but the shield of faith is something we take up. Now, this is no small shield. If you watch Avengers, you got Captain America. He's got that shield, and he hides behind it. There's stuff coming at him, and, and bing, bing, it's bouncing off, and he's hiding behind the shield. You've watched it, I know. But this shield, this is a big mama. This is like four and a half feet, this shield that these soldiers had back then. They could hide behind it, and often they would put it together with their buddy, and they were really safe. Four and a half feet, that's one big, big shield. And God's telling you and I there's a shield that we have available to us. It's a shield of faith. Now, how does it help us? This is significant. With which the shield, you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. All the flaming arrows. You see, sometimes obeying in faith Might seem foolish, might seem difficult, might seem embarrassing, but we're safe when we walk in faith. God might ask you and I hard things. You might look at the word and look at all the people around you and say, Man, this is way out of touch with all that's going around me. But it it's that truth, and it's when you hide behind that shield of faith, you're protected. Years ago, when I was little, I used to watch all these old westerns. I like westerns, I don't know why. But there were a lot of times that the settlers, this, this wagon train would be going, and they'd have these cowboys out front, kind of making sure they're protecting all the settlers. And, and sometimes they'd come into this narrow gorge, and he knew what was happening. And I'm like, don't go there. But they didn't listen to me. And they just kept going. And all of a sudden, these Indians would come out of the mountains, all around them. And these settlers and the cowboys would say, hey, get the wagons in a circle. We gotta defend ourselves. So they get these wagons in a circle and they're behind them and (laughs) their guns and the Indians are launching these arrows at them and they're ducking, and and all of a sudden there'd be a couple smart ass Indians. They'd light their arrows on fire. And they wouldn't aim at the settlers, they wouldn't aim at the cowboys, they aimed at their wagons. They have canvas on these wagons. They'd light these wagons on fire. Why? To distract and get the settlers and the cowboys fighting the fires instead of them. In other words, they could not fight the fire and the Indians at the same time. And that was the main plan of the Indians. Get rid of the settlers' protection so they have nothing to hide behind. Listen, Satan's shooting his flaming arrows at you one after another. He's launching them, he's launching them. That way you and I spend all our time fighting the fires. And we forget about him. I mean, think about your life. Flaming arrow of despair at you. And you're trying to duck. In circumstances, there are arrows coming down all over you. And you're ducking and you're trying to put this fire out, this fire out. And meanwhile, there's an enemy coming in the back door. You become vulnerable because you're fighting all these fires. There's a reason it's called a fiery dart and not just a dart. Because Satan's trying to take away your protection. You have a problem on the job, problem with your child, a problem with a project here or there, a decision there and there, and there's flaming arrows all over. And if you're not extinguishing them, you become a vulnerable. How do we extinguish those flaming arrows? You don't, you can't. But the shield of faith can. That's why we hide behind it. So when the arrow of despair comes, you take up the shield and say, no, God is able, poof, puts that baby out the flaming arrow of disillusionment comes you take up the shield of faith and say he's before all things he holds all things together i'm believing that Pfft, puts that arrow out he, enemy shoots this flaming arrow of defeat you take up the shield and say no wait a minute i'm not defeated i can do all things through christ who strengthens me i'm believing that Pfft. he launches another arrow the arrow of worry and says, hey, you should be anxious. This is too much for you to handle. And you say, wait a minute, I'm taking this shield. He knows every hair on my head. and He cares for me. I choose to believe that. Poof. See, what I'm saying the shield of faith, it will extinguish the arrows. You can't. You're not good enough. But we hide behind the shield by faith in a big God, by believing his promises in his word. Even when you don't know what to do, Take up the shield believing God knows. It seems like half my life is not knowing what's coming or or not knowing what's going on. But I hide behind a shield of faith and say, he knows, that's good enough. I'm going to believe him. That's what happens. So where's your shield? Where is it? Are you standing and finding protection behind the shield of faith? By now you've seen we have a part to play in this. Living and walking in victory. We are to put on a truth belt. We are to keep this breastplate of righteousness in place. We are to make sure our feet are shod with the gospel of peace. We are then to take up the shield of faith. We're going to look at the other two next week. So you want to make sure you come back. So I want to exhort you this morning. One, know who you are in Christ. You've been declared righteous Get this idea of works and throw it out the door. You you can't be earning this. You're declared righteous because of the payment of Jesus Christ. You are righteous in Christ. Your heart's transformed. Keep that breastplate in place by pursuing righteousness. It'll guard your heart. Righteous living provides protection. Keep your shoes of the gospel of peace on. Walk in obedience so you would know regularly the peace of God, which will protect your heart and your mind. Take up this shield of faith. Walk in faith. Know that God is able. Believe his promises. Believe his word that will protect you from Satan's fiery darts, and will extinguish him. In closing, some years ago, I coached a girls' basketball team, and I remember this vividly. We were in a championship game at the end of the year. It was a big game. Rival crowd was big. And it was kind of a back and forth game. And all of a sudden, late in the second half, we're getting near the end of the game, uh, our opponent went on a run and got a double digit lead. I remember I had to call timeout. There's too much momentum on the other side. And I remember the girls coming back to the huddle, looking at the clock and then they're looking down at the ground and Sat down on the bench there as we had the timeout, and you could see they looked defeated. A couple looked back up at the scoreboard and kind of shake their head, and I remember looking at them and saying, look at me. And you know, they're looking around. I said, oh, don't look at the scoreboard. Look at me. No, don't look at the opponent right here. Lock in right here. Look at me. And then when all their eyes were on me, I said, listen, you got this. This game's not over. You can do this. What? Don't look down. Look, look at me. Remember, look at me. Don't quit. You're going to do this. Don't quit. Look at me. And God would say the same thing you this morning. I know it's rough, and I know it's tough, and I know each day might be a struggle, And you're looking at your opponent, and you feel defeated. You're looking at the floor. You're looking at the scoreboard of all the regrets and saying, there's no way, this thing is over. And God would say, no, stop. Look at me. Look. Don't look at the opponent. Don't look at the floor. Don't look at the scoreboard. God says, look at me. Don't quit. Look at me. He actually puts it this way. Look to Jesus the founder and perfecter of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. Look at him, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. As you go about this week, and you walk through Monday through Saturday, Look at Him, and don't quit. There's victory in Christ. Just keep looking at Him. Let's pray. Father, we love You. We thank You. We praise You. Because You've not only given us victory in Christ, God, You have been kind enough to give us Your Word, to help us to live it out in the day-to-day. I thank You for our position in Christ. I thank you, God, that as we walk in righteousness, we can be assured of protection. And, Lord, as we uh, seek to live an obedient life, we experience your peace. And, God, you protect us. You're so good to do that. And, Lord, thank you for a shield. Lord, that we can believe you. And when we walk a life of faith, you promise us you'll protect us. And you'll put out the fiery darts of the evil one. So, Lord, we refuse this day to look at our opponent to look at our circumstances, to look in the past at our regrets. We choose this day to look at you, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Thank you, Jesus, for that. It's your name I pray, amen. Amen.